Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Think and Grow Show. Calling all sales masters, calling all sales masters, guys and gals. Today, we have with us Tony Jalen, who works for the Heartland Company, and his job is vice president of sales. And I love this, Tony. Developing top-performing leaders who are having fun, enjoying fulfillment, and getting paid to do it. So why don't you get us rolling with your backstory? Tell us whatever it is you want to talk about, how you got started, your roots, wherever you want to begin, whatever you want to share. Well, I, first off, I just want to say thanks a million for having me here. I am humbled. I'm grateful. And I've gotten a chance to know you two over the years. And just to see, I'm excited to see the growth that you guys have experienced. And also, I'm just appreciative of how much you guys are willing to make a difference out there, too. So I want to put that out there first. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. You got it. Uh, so background on me, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people. You know, um, I think it, it's part of it's because that growing up, I had people help us a lot. Growing right. up, I come from a family of nine children, uh, wow. seven, seven girls, two boys, um, I've got uh, a wonderful wife, um, a son and a daughter. And, you know, I've seen in my life, people make a, a tremendous impact on me. And when I'm saying I'm passionate about developing people, helping them remove any kind of roadblocks that they have in their life to live their best life, sign me up for that program any day of the week. Because yeah. I've had a lot of roadblocks and obstacles in my life mm -hmm. um, that I've had incredible mentors coach me through. Yeah. Uh, give me advice through. And I, I truly believe that I'm a product of mentorship and making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate a little bit more? I mean, coming from a family of, you said nine kids. So nine how kids, did yeah. you stand out and just kind of navigate through all of that? Yeah. You know, that's a great question. Um, I have amazing, beautiful parents. You know, and they taught me a lot. Number one, be good to people. Number two, you know, work hard, right? You, you'll, you won't ever go ahead and feel bad for working hard. Mm. And the other thing they really taught me is how to dream big. Obviously, mm. they knew how to dream big because they had nine children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm actually, how I stood out was I'm the oldest in nine. Oh, you're the oldest. Wow. Oh, wow. So I automatically got to stand out. And I remember every time my mom and dad would have another child, I'm like, really? Another one? Another one? Another one? Another one? Um, but, you know, I, I, I think my, my, my dad and my mom, like my dad was born in 1929. Wow. You know? And what was amazing about my, my father is that he couldn't read or write. And I didn't know that until my later teens. And he really taught me the mindset of being resourceful. Because mm -hmm. he always would figure out a way. He, he says, all right, we'll figure out a way. We'll figure out a way. We'll figure out a way. Mm. And then, um, you know, he was a manual laborer. We, we did field work. Oh. Like, I worked in the field. I would pick up a garden hoe. And I would, you know, hoe sugar beets in 100 some degree temperature at eight years old. Yeah, with nine kids, I'm imagining he's doing that, <laughs> figuring out a way all the time, right? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> and my mom is amazing, too. You know, my mom worked in, um, and you know, I don't know what the politically correct word to be say is um, developmentally challenged. 
um, field for like 20 years and just seeing the patience she had with people um, and the respect that both her and my dad garnered from others. Like it was Al and Amy all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. And, you know, but I'm going to be honest with you, though, growing up, there wasn't challenges in terms of my perception of what challenges were. Mm. Okay. Interesting. You know, because we, we, you know, yeah. Tell us more you know, on that. Uh, well, you know, I wanted to fit in, and I didn't always right. feel like I I fit in. Right. Now, um, I, I was the kid for a little while there that was bullied on on things because either I wore something pretty funny to school, or yeah. some kids would thought it was funny, um, and I lacked a lot of confidence. Mm. You know, okay. because I, I I associated my my confidence with material things, and there was uh, times in my life growing up where I was embarrassed mm. um, of my family in terms of you know the car that we had, you know yeah. the house that we that we lived in, and um, you know I was young, I get it, right. And I looking back now, it's like my parents did whatever they could to go ahead and put a roof over our head mm-hmm. and to provide us a good life. And one thing we really had was tremendous love for one another. Yeah. And they taught me that, you know, no matter what you have, you still have something more to give. Wow. You know, yeah. I remember there was a, there was a time where we didn't have electricity in our house. Like, wow. And my dad, my dad would go out and get this big water cauldron, this like big water thing we do canning. And he would boil that water mm-hmm. on the grill. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and then bring that back inside, put it in the bathtub, and I'd have to be sure I was the first one to take a bath because you won't be the last one to take a bath out of the <laughs> And you know, at the time I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my friends would want to come over. I'm like, you know, I don't really want you to come over. And then, you know, we'd always do picnics in the park because we didn't have um electricity and my yeah. friends thought they, they were jealous of me because like man i wish i could be picnics all the time <laughs> <laughs> you know so they, you know they say perspective drives our performance in life it, it really does yeah and um you know there was a times that i saw my parents get the shirt off their back for people like that lived in a little literal shack like there was a family that lived in a shack I'm not, it was literally a shack in the woods. Wow. And my parents brought them in, gave them, found them to get a shower because they needed to go to get medical um, stuff because the mom was pregnant. And my mom gave her a dress. And I'm not joking. They, he, the husband of this family had the kids right in the back of my dad's pickup, like in the, in the truck bed. But they didn't think anything of it. I'm giving the shirt off the back to help people. Yeah. And so, you know, when I say I had to really like grow up and learn through those things, and now looking back at that gift that they gave me, people yeah. ask me, why do you work so hard? Why do you do what you do? I go, well, if I don't, what am I saying of all the effort and the time and the sacrifices my parents made me? Yeah. Wow, what character building, right? All that's, you know, I've tuned in lately to this whole aspect of, we were at church the other day and they were talking about, you know, the goods and the bads. And I really, I I wanted to, but I didn't. I wanted to go up to the pastor at the end of the service and say, you know what, it's all good. Because 
that adversity and all those difficulties that we face, those are actually better for us because, you know, like you're saying, all these hardships, all the hardships that I've endured, Zelda's endured, those are the things that really, you know, iron sharpen, sharpening iron, that's really what's going on there, right? Yeah, I'm like, reading if you, book called Anti-Fragile. Makes you anti-fragile. Yeah, makes you <laughs> tough, right? This is true. But the thing is, too, is like, I mean, stop and consider this thought. Everything that we thought in our lives that were bad, how often did they later turn out to be good? Right, yeah. right. And I, and I really believe that, you know, life is constantly giving us gifts to go ahead and be our best version of ourselves. Exactly. And we yep. may not like those gifts. We may not yeah. want to receive those <laughs> gifts. Like, really, you're going to give me this gift? Right. Um, but in the day, like, you know, this life is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And to sometimes we just got to recognize, okay, what is the gift in this situation? Yeah. Yeah. What's my lesson? Right. That's another good one. What's my lesson? What What is this adversity cropping up over and over and over again in my life? to teach me. And when you start looking at it and having awareness and all these fundamentals, I like to call them all the little things, that's what really shapes us and, and creates us into, you know, helps us to become successful people in the end. When we look back, we're like, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the day we're all, you know, we've we got a history and we've got a story. Right. And I was just sharing this with someone here just recently here today. I'm like, listen, the struggle you're going through today Ask yourself, what is the gift in it? How can I never forget it? And third, how can I share this gift with others? Because that struggle you're going through today can be someone's inspiration to get through their struggle tomorrow. Right. Right. Which leads us into an excellent segue here, right? Sales. It's like, okay, you guys, we're going to talk about the <laughs> S word today. Well, it's funny before we started that. So I've been reading the book, Go for No. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so it's funny that we're talking about this because it's looking at accumulating the no's all that, that actually helps you to get more yeses. And so I'm still processing <laughs> the idea, you know, of actually wanting more no's, but it's definitely an interesting concept. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It, don't you think about like in sales when people we, we try to put like, hey, you know, I get I get paid to generate revenue for a company. Yeah. I teach people how to help others so that way they can get paid and generate revenue. Right. But every place in life is sales. I mean, for goodness right. sakes, Patrick, I love you, but you made the greatest sale of your life by getting Zelda to say yes to you. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? I mean, think about how many no's you had to go through to get Zelda. <laughs> That's a story in and of itself. We don't have time for that one today, Tony. Right. But I tell you what, it was a beautiful blessing in disguise. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about that some other day. Yeah. But, you know, but that's the truth. Like, I, I was literally telling my son, I'm like, listen, you, we don't know how many no's you're going to have to go through to get to your yes. Right. Right. And if you're not willing to fail, 
and I, there's an acronym for fail, first attempt in learning. Do you deserve to succeed? Mm -hmm. It takes courage to get out of your comfort zone and go for the no. But if you really realize it in terms of sales, you go for the no, it's like, listen, once you know your numbers, like I believe there's an art and a science of sales. Mm -hmm. The science is understanding your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Right. So for a while, you can say, you know, I need to get so many no's mm -hmm. in order to get a yes. And that's called a conversion ratio. Okay. So then that takes out the emotional portion of the process. Right. Mm, yeah. You know, and so like, listen, okay. And I think sometimes what happens in sales, and this is what we call pipeline management, mm -hmm. is we put all our eggs in one basket, that one customer that's giving us all the buying signs. Yeah. And also they don't say yes. And then we get emotionally hijacked. Oh my gosh, why? Like uh, that person's gonna be my mortgage right there. That person's gonna be my car payment right there. They, I thought for sure they were gonna say yes. What did I do wrong? <laughs> that's usually the case. Right? What did I do wrong? But the, the, what you did wrong was maybe took your foot off the gas. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't keep on following the process. I think mm -hmm. when it comes to sales, it's really simple. One, you got to make make a focus about people because it's not about you. Right. Number two, you got to put a plan together. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just, you know, throwing something against the wall and hoping something can work. And can that happen? Yeah, but eventually you'll figure out a process on it. Two, you got to have a process because a process allows you to measure and allows you to scale. Mm -hmm. um, the next thing you got to do is you got to develop a sales pipeline. Mm, yeah. And yeah. then the final thing is, is you got to have partners. Yeah. You know, because it's hard. You can go fast alone, but you go further with others. And I think if you right. say one last thing is you, you got to get the art of it down too. Like, how can I get better at this? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I've done thousands of sales presentations and people will sit in a sales appointment with me today. And they're like, oh my gosh, Tony, you're incredible. I go, <laughs> I've been doing this for 25 six freaking years i better yeah. be damn good at it yeah right <laughs> you know and, and, and you know I, I remember my dad told me this years ago my dad was he started his family later in life you know he started when he was 52 wow and i was his first firstborn mm -hmm. and people when he was in his 70s they're like oh you're you know you're so much older. you must you're so wise he goes age doesn't have to do nothing with wisdom hey just because i stand in a garage doesn't make me a car <laughs> right and it goes yeah. back to your point earlier about about reflection patrick and i'm really big on reflecting because mm -hmm. i think it may be more important than goal setting because if you don't reflect you could still keep on repeating the same thing over and over again and what causes most people to reflect is pain that's mm -hmm. when they actually stop and actually reflect on what's going on mm -hmm. People aren't intentional on in it. So when you're going for the no's, ask yourself, okay, I'm asking this question all the time, yet I'm getting the same response. And that's not the response I want. Right. So the problem isn't the prospect. The problem is you, because you're the common denominator. Common denominator. Mm. So yeah. how, can I ask this, how can I ask this question differently to garner a different response? Right. And that's where the art of sales comes into it. Mm, yeah. And I'm also looking at values, you know, really like 
looking at goals in terms of values, like what's most important to me and then what's most important to my prospective client. And when I'm able to allow that to lead the conversation, then it feels, it doesn't feel like your typical hardcore selling. Yeah. It's more of a conversation and a collaboration. And how am I serving, right? Yeah, it's all about service. Sale, the best salespeople are the best at serving others, especially yep. if you want long-term success. And I think I really appreciate what you said there um, in terms of um, values. Yeah, and I think you evolved to that point hmm. because I think in the beginning when you're in sales, at least for me, I made it mostly about me versus the other person. Yeah. yeah. I think... I think that's a common thing that we all do. Because one, if you're going through a sales training, you want to follow the process. And you're like, okay, if I, if I you know, dot I and cross T, I'm going to get this X, Y, Z equals this result. And then we yeah. use the human side of it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and I get that something you got to go through that portion to evolve as a professional, right? It's sort of like driving a stick shift car. Think about the first time you drove a stick shift car. Manuship that may not, not be so great. Good. Right? You're like, okay, I'm, at, I'm at this speed right now. I gotta go to year one, year two, year three. And that's a lot yeah. like running a, a sales appointment, you know? So, what you said, Zelda, in terms of values, like ask yourself, what values am I going to honor? Mm -hmm. Because values help you make better decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, rem I remember. I remember years ago, um, I was in a sales appointment, and the the prospect wanted to bring a business on that was maybe a little bit unscrupulous. Mm. Yeah. But I uncovered. Ooh. I uncovered. Now. This is where the values discussion comes into play. Yeah. Right. You know, we had a sale, we had a sales goal to hit. And, and we could have signed this person up. Yeah. But it was against the value of doing the right thing. Integrity, Tony. You you right. you talk about I just was gonna fire off an email at a for a frustrated situation. I'm like, look. If we don't have our integrity, right, we got nothing. It's huge in, in any business, really, especially in real estate. If people can't trust me, we got nothing, right? Right. And a, a lot of that trust is built that, okay, you're asking yourself the question, do, does this person care? Mm. And does this person truly want to bring value to me? And in terms of like sales presentations where values come into play for me, I ask myself, how can I bring this person a solution if I really don't understand what's going on in their business? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And I go, you know, so... I have a phrase and I, and I coach on this a lot. It's be quick to listen and slow to speak. 
Yeah. And slow to ang- and slow to anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff right there, Tony. <laughs> I got it. I, so I, I had a Go ahead, Zara. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I was just going to ask um like what was a uh, challenging maybe you had challenging sales situation that you were eventually able to turn it around in your favor like maybe somebody was talking to initially they're like get out of here you know but then slowly over time maybe you kept coming back like you had to draw your own inner tenacity but eventually it paid off for you how did you figure it out how did you figure it out you know figure out the other person so in other words what was a challenging sales situation that in the right. beginning, yeah, like there was have some, a challenge. There, right. Oh, I had a lot. I've run. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, but then, and you turned it around though. You turned it around to your favor. Yeah. How many of those wow. have you had? <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many. And you know, sometimes it, it it wasn't even about them. It was me who created the situation. Okay. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Tell us more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to ask yourself how you're showing up. Mm. Absolutely. You know, um, I've had situations where I didn't properly prepare for the appointment. I'll give, I'll mm. give you one example here. So I had just moved to Wisconsin. I took over as a division manager. I started my career at Heartland uh, back in 2007, been at Heartland now for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And in 2010, moved here to Wisconsin. An accountant called up asking for some extra help. Mm-hmm. They are already with Heartland, mm-hmm. you know, but then I thought, you know, instead of having another sales rep go out, I'm going to go out and get to know people. Yeah. So I walk into this business and the owner's in her 70s. Mm-hmm. And I had a little voice in my head said, you should prepare for this. Just don't assume just because they're a business owner, like get some knowledge yeah. of it. Did I do that? No. <laughs> and and, moments, and moments, in, moments into this appointment, I get put into my spot by this business owner. <laughs> and I ask her, and, and I ask her, so, gosh, I'm just curious, like, how long have you been in business for now? I thought that was a, it was a genuine question. Uh-oh. And then, oh, yeah, here it comes. <laughs> she, she goes, well, you know, I've been a customer of you guys for a long time, right? I'm like, yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know. She goes, well, did you look at my website? I'm like, I did not look at your website. (laughs) She goes, you know, what kind of professional doesn't look at someone's website? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Double uh uh-oh. So so part of me is feeling this big. Another person, another another thing is like, wait, 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 why are you putting me in my spot like this? She was right, though. She was right. Because I had yeah. an opportunity to look. We let up laughing about it. Mm-hmm. And I owned the situation. I, I could have made yeah. excuses. I was tempted to make excuses. Yeah. I might have started to make an excuse, but I stopped <laughs> myself. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
And in the end, we had a great conversation. She landed getting additional products with us. She landed getting e-commerce on her website, which she didn't have before. So that was one situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I just told another story just yesterday. I had a sales rep that um, I had her call on a business. Mm-hmm. I sometimes get these weird feelings. I'm driving down the road. I see a truck. And I'm like, hey, Patrick, you need to go call this place. Well, do you know them, Tony? No, I don't know them at all, but something tells me you should go call them. Mm-hmm. And so okay. she goes, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. So she went in and did a face-to-face prospecting, knocked on the door. The mm-hmm. guy's like, hey, let's sit down and talk right now. And he landed up signing up with her. And it was wow. a $5,000 commission that she earned on it. Wow. And like completely helped this business. There, there's so many inefficiencies in their business in terms of how they're managing cash flow, how they're collecting payment. So he was ecstatic to come on board with Herman. Mm-hmm. Later the next week, she says, text me on my phone because we're both in the same office building. She goes, Tony, can you come to my office right now? Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure, absolutely. I'll come over right now. So I went to her office. She had her computer screen pulled up and she goes, look at this. I'm like, well, this is my pipeline. And look who I have highlighted in red saying, do not call. They're a bleeping jerk. Never call on them. Wow. It was that person she signed up. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. You know, let me jump in here because I want to, we, you know, starting our business, I don't know if you can see this, but I got my organized acceleration mastermind. This is a mastermind that uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, Little Red Book is selling, and Joe Soto, Digital Marketing Master. We were in this group. So the reason I, I intentionally wore this because we're like, we're joining this mastermind. We're going to learn how to do sales. We're going to do digi- learn this digital marketing. We need all this stuff. Right? So what I want from you now is to tell us about people like us that are just starting out and just getting into sales, right? That think back to when you were first starting out and becoming a salesperson. And what are some of the tips and tricks and ideas that you can talk about that helped you when you were, you know, just getting started? What tips and tricks helped me when I got started? Well, yeah. I was I was I was very broke, so I had money motivation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, what's the reasons why you want to do it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, I think that's number one. You got to have your reasons why, mm-hmm. because sales entrepreneurship is hard. Yeah. It, it doesn't magically get easier the more time you're in it. Yeah. You simply get better. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would say is write down your goals and keep them in front of you. Because yeah. there's going to be those days that are very hard. Yeah. And if you don't write all the reasons why you're doing it, you don't have a backbone for your goals. Mm. Okay. 
and you got to create a backbone for your goals. Number two is the manage the brain trash. Mm, okay. You're going to have a lot of brain trash, negative yeah. thoughts are going on. And the biggest person you're going to have to overcome for objections is not that prospect is you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So that would be number two. Number three, fail fast. Mm. And often. <laughs> and often. And often. And often. Okay. Um, because um, what's his name? The he did a study. It was the founder of Netflix, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they, they did a study on some of the most successful business owners, people of our time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't they were the smartest. It wasn't that they were the smoothest talkers. It was speed to implementation. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, you can read all the books in the world, which helps you bring an awareness to things. Yeah. But it's not so much what you know, but are you doing what you know? Right. The action you're taking. So third yeah. would be work on the mental game. Mm. Majority of it is a mental game. Yeah. Uh, fourth would be find mentors and, and a support network. Yeah. Master the art of asking for help. Ask for the help. Filter through a brain cell. Does it align with your values? Mm. Yeah. And do something with it. And I would say the final thing in terms of a tip for it is reflect. Mm. I myself have had five businesses in my life. Mm. Okay. And I failed in businesses. Mm. And I've gone into at times in my 20s, I went into tremendous debt with one of my businesses. Because I simply mm -hmm. thought, if I, I can just outwork it, I'll outwork it, I'll work it. And one of my mentors here at Heartland, he's actually our senior vice president, he said to me in my new role as vice president, he goes, Tony, remember, you can't outwork the role. Mm. And I thought back in my 20s at one, with one of my businesses, I was simply going to outwork the problem. And yeah, you got to go out there, you got to Focus on the high impact areas. You got every week you should be doing something to generate sales. Every week you should do something for marketing. Every single week you should be doing something for developing your leadership skills. Every week you should have operational time in your calendar. Those four things must be scheduled in your plan. Mm -hmm. But with reflection, though, it allows you to speed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm give you an example of that. I do a yearly reflection. Mm. And the first time I was introduced to a yearly reflection, I said to my mentor, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't have time for that. He goes, Tony, mm. how has your process been working by itself? Mm. So what I'm hearing you say, you're knocking it. 
before we were doing it. And right now you're really damn broke. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I would just be, before you judge it, be be open to it. Okay. Yeah, I think a great add-on to that, Tony, is if you're doing that reflection is, okay, I'm reflecting on 22 this past year. What did I do well, right? What could I have done better? And what am I committing to and and am going to take massive action to do better? That is very powerful. That's a huge coaching tool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one we thing I would add to in that. Our business. What, I, what I would add to that is who do you need to become? Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because yeah. in order yeah. to do something you haven't done, you've got to become something you haven't been. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, to, re to reflect back on the, the areas, is, uh, number one, get your goals and dreams in front of you. And ask yourself, okay, if I'm going to say yes to this, I'm going to say no to something else. Yeah. And am I yeah. willing to say yeah. that no to something else? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, number two, you got to monitor the brain trash. Like, you're, you're, the feel, you're going to have feelings in going through the process. And they're not, the feelings aren't there to dictate how you do things. They're to indicate what's going on. So get them out on paper. You know, I used to literally, when I would have negative thoughts, I'd write it on paper and I would be unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And then I would go, I literally go and throw it in the trash can. Okay, next. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I often find and, that when I'm coaching, setting the feelings aside, saying you're not, you're not going to suppress them, you acknowledge them. But they don't yep. have to stop you from doing what you're going to do. <laughs> right. I mean, feelings do. aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. Yeah. 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 And then That's good. the third thing, yeah, and then third, third thing is, you know, um, make sure you have a pipeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you got to keep a pipeline. Yeah. So, on average, the average person needs to be communicated. They've done studies on this. Seven to 12 times before they would say yes. And mm. most people give up after right. the first one. I mean, for yeah. example, Patrick, I mean, you might've been lucky enough that the first time you asked Zelda out that she said yes right away. Keeps <laughs> <laughs> going back to our situation here. <laughs> I mean, okay. I don't know anything, but and? I'm just saying, we didn't stop, right? Um, okay. Then find some mentors, find a support group, because. Often people think that they're they're alone. Like entrepreneurship can be a very lonely island. Yeah. 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 And you can feel like you're the only one going through the crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, truth number one, wherever this crap, usually there'll be green grass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I'll, 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 it, 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 in order for that flower to, to blossom, it has to go through some dirt. Yeah, it's true. true. Some crappy dirt. <laughs> right, it's just part of the thing, man. Like, you know, you gotta get good at failing, and failing has such a yeah. negative connotation at times because we do want to succeed. Yet we gotta understand, in order to appreciate the gift, you gotta go ahead and go through the journey. Yeah, you gotta embrace that failure aspect of it all, yeah. and look yeah. at. 
that in a with a proper mindset, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because sales—that's easier said. Sales is huh? like exactly done. Yeah. Yeah. Because sales is such a great training ground for personal development. Yeah. We often don't equate the two, but it it really is. I mean, yeah. it really pulls out those parts of you that you want to hide. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Sales is people. At the end of the day, yep. it's people. In yep. order for a sale to happen, a person has to be involved. Mm -hmm. You go on Amazon, someone had to put that product on that website. <laughs> you said pipeline. I would like to get in people's minds along pipeline. But what's really become popular with, if, you, um, if you've heard of Russell Brunson, is, you know, creating that funnel right you have to create a funnel of opportunities coming your way so that you can get better at closing and prospecting and selling and figuring out who's a prospect and who's a legitimate possible you know client and all those things right and you know the truth of the matter is sales pipelines has been around since the beginning of time right <laughs> yeah the book the, the book that i read says you know what you got to go ahead and plant the crop and sow, sow, sow the seeds right yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's been around since you know the world became a world right and the thing with russell he's amazing in terms of what he's done with click funnels he's automated yep. some of it but what he did is he created a pipeline Right. And create a follow-through process. Like I said, most people give up after the first no. Right. So he's automated the follow-through process to get people to come. And people need to hear it often. It's like when my wife tells me to go ahead and take the trash out. Now I take it out more often <laughs> without telling me 15 times. <laughs> but she goes, you know, I'm going to take the trash out this morning. Okay, good. Oh, I'm going to take it out the trash out this morning. That's my indication that I need to go take out the trash thing. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to hear things multiple times. I mean, we're bombarded with all these advertisements and we have all these distractions that the things that are demanding of our time. So we have to find ways as professionals to break through that clutter because amazingly enough, that prospect that you call up you're not the only thing on their mind. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, hey, and I got to tell you what, last call, last call, because we're running out of time here. Man, this time has just flown by so fast. Is there anything else you want to ask? Yeah. No, last no, last I question. Just, I really do. I appreciate you coming on and sharing with us, sharing of your wisdom. How, how do you challenge yourself on a, on a daily basis? That's a great question. <laughs> so so part of it, I believe, uh, part of it begins with my morning routine. Your okay. morning routine? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I do is I review my, my action plan that I wrote the night before. And I ask myself a few questions every day in the morning is, one, how can I add value to someone else today? Okay. And, and how can I get and how can I and how can I get better mm. and at the end of the day I, I reflect on my wins mm. and I ask myself is who did I add value to today 
and how yeah. did I get better? Mm-hmm. Ooh, those are and good other, questions. And, yeah. 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 And the I other thing that. is too, I shared my, my goals with a, a network that I have and mm-hmm. um, they hold me accountable to them and I sometimes don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told my wife that she's amazing. Uh, like I want to be more present with different things with the family and just the other night she said something to me. I, I picked up my phone because sometimes that's what I do. Mm. And she asked me, is that email going to still be there tomorrow morning? <laughs> Busted <laughs> again. That is a, that is a, that's right. a, a good thing to have people. And I want people to hold me accountable. Sounds like accountability, care. buddy. Me there, Tony. Oh, I do, right? man. I, I, I've got... <laughs> I've got, I mean, it's my professional world. I've got a great team that surrounds me and they call me on my stuff. I've got leadership that encourages me and supports me. I've got friends and family that love on me and believe in me. And, you know, I feel each and every day, you know, this life I have is a gift. And it's up to me to respect what I've been given. Absolutely. Sounds like you're... You're another George Bailey. It's a Wonderful Life. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but that's my favorite movie. And you've just, what you've just reflected on in the 10, 15 seconds is you're like, wow, I do have a wonderful life because I've got all these gifts that have been given to me and it keeps giving. Keeps on giving. Yeah. Sure. Well, awesome. I think we're going to leave it there. Thanks again, Tony, so much for coming on. I'm my God, this time just flew by so quickly. <laughs> and I, I imagine we could talk. We're, we, we're going to have you back on at some Definitely. point because yeah. we want to check back in to see, you know, from where we are and then see what's happened wherever we meet, see you again in the future. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. And thank, again, thanks I'm again. That's our show for today. And as always, thank you in advance. Thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Just thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. Yeah, with thinking. And growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah. With thinking and growing and learning and knowing and thinking and growing and learning and knowing, yeah.